So when we were in Arizona, uh, we were living in a retirement community. My in-laws have a rental house um, and they just paused that rental. A lot of um, retirees weren't necessarily wanting to visit down that, at that time because they were concerned of you know traveling. So she had that those months open. So we ended up taking it um, for those two months. And so we spent a lot of time with people that were retired, right? Uh, me being an observer, uh, we just spent a lot of time in the pool and connecting with the people that we live by because everybody's retired, right? Nobody's going to work. Nobody's got plans. They're all just kind of enjoying life at this point. But the one thing that I really noticed when we were talking to so many different people is nobody really talked about work. Welcome to the Living Your Balanced Life podcast. Anne and Courtney are passionate business owners and mothers who are here to help you transition into a career that allows you to work on your own terms and build your own balanced lifestyle. Whether you've already started your own business or are looking to create a path to get there, we're here to give you the resources, tools, encouragement, and community to support you along your journey. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Living Your Balanced Life podcast. It's Courtney Galster here with my co-host, Ann Knudela. And today we're joined by our special guest, Katie Haruth, who is a actually celebrating her one-year entrepreneurial anniversary. Is that like how we could, could combine entrepreneur and anniversary? <laughs> um, <laughs> today on our recording date, because a year ago today, she officially closed on buying digital publication, Minnesota Parent where she is now the owner and publisher. She's also a mom of two and passionate about traveling and family. So we are really excited to dive into her path to entrepreneurship, what that's looked like since she purchased the publication and how that's impacted her work-life balance. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, we're excited you're here. Yes, I am super excited to be here, talk about my story and kind of how it's laid out, been laid out and how I kind of came to be this last, I guess it's been about an 18 month journey in terms of um, realizing the publication had um, ceased publishing and me kind of looking into purchasing the company and then closing on the company and kind of that whole story in between. It's It's been a journey. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of learning has happened. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited to share my story. Well, I love it. And why don't we, why don't we just start with that? Like, why don't you talk to us about, you know, what you were doing um, pre-entrepreneurship? What made you decide that you wanted to, you know, kind of leave the nine to five and shift what your work-life balance looked like? And just tell us about your story. Sure. So previously to working in the publication or with the publication, I worked uh, for an early education company for 18 years. Uh, so that's a long time. Uh, yeah. I, I worked, thankfully, in a lot of roles. So what, I had, what I've been thinking about here is I spent the last 18 years learning. I originally started working in the accounting department. So recognizing how to balance books, what, uh, what accounting looked like, and really learning all the roles in that department. And so that was, that was a good place to start. Um, and once I was kind of done with that piece of the business or just kind of that that role, um, a coworker of mine worked uh, in marketing. And she was just this wonderful person that I just wanted, I just gravitated towards all the time and wanted to learn as much as I possibly could from her. And 
So then I started doing more web design and web development and kind of like surveying customers and recognizing like how I can take that information and make changes with the business um, based on customer feedback. Uh, so, I mean, obviously working there for 18 years, we kind of went from a paper kind of path to this digital path. And I was kind of that person that led that charge, just knowing that um, as I became a mom in that role, I was now utilizing their services um, and their early uh, education and preschool programs and just recognizing as a parent, you know, how we could make our systems better for, for parents and their experiences in the, in the schools. And so uh, after be kind of working in that web development and design role, I shifted really into that full marketing department, um, becoming a marketing manager. Um, so within that, I learned all about social media, social media ads, buying, um, design, um, just really everything involved in marketing. I learned. I just took it all in, learned everything I needed to know. Um, with that, we also did a lot of content, a lot of content planning because parents want information. So I was just in this role where I was just constantly uh, learning what parents want because I was a parent myself. Myself, I was learning as a parent what I needed to do. I had the best teachers in the world because I worked in early education. <laughs> so I could ask anybody I worked with who are all experts in early ed um, and child development, any questions I had. So as a mom, I was learning. As an employee, I was learning. Uh, and I've just been able to take all of my experiences and work that I've done, and I've been able to shift it and do what I'm doing now. I love that. In fact, Katie, you and I have known each other for, oh gosh, I don't even know how many years. It's probably 10, I would think. Yeah, I think so too. And um, I didn't know all of that. Like, I didn't know that you started in accounting and, you know, kind of how you transitioned into marketing. And I think, I think that's really interesting. And now just knowing what you've done with Minnesota Parent over the last 12 months, it makes so much sense. I mean, you're very good at understanding what your, you know, listeners and followers are looking for and transitioning your content to answer those needs. So it, that's cool. I like, I like that. Yes. I I'm a big observer. I, I pay attention to where people are, what they're gravitating towards. And instead of just pushing content that I thought parents might want, I'm really recognizing what they do want and shifting and making those adjustments. So I'm giving them what they're looking for. I'm not just pushing content to push content. I'm being very methodic and strategic on what I'm pushing out there and what I'm publishing to make sure that it's what families want to read. I'm just, that was the most important thing to me is just making sure that my readers get what they want. And I'm not just, you know, having fun, you know, publishing content to a website that I think my parents might want. I'm pushing content to the, to our website that they do want. So give us a tactical example of like, you say you're pushing content that the readers want. So how are you 
figuring out what they want. What, um, you know, are you connecting with them directly? Are you watching kind of trends on what people are reading on your website? Give us like a couple tactical examples that maybe someone else listening might be able to apply to their business. For sure. Uh, so when I originally took over the publication, I had sent out an email, um, just kind of re I was just introducing myself and just sharing some information on where we're heading towards in the future. And I also asked what parents and the readers loved from the publication and what they wanted to see continue getting published. So that was kind of my first um, introduction to myself with being the owner is letting my readers know that, you know, I, I want to make sure that I'm here for them and asking them, you know, what they wanted. And so I did, I got a lot of responses from that, which was really helpful. So I appreciate anybody that sends me um, feedback. I always take it um Seriously, I never take anything personally um, because I'm just here to provide a service. And, you know, I, I'm here for my families that are our readers. So uh, I'm always up listening to, to any sort of feedback that uh, anybody wants to send over my way. Um, but another way I receive information is I'm in an analytics all day long. So I just have my real-time analytics. I'm analyzing that and looking at where our readers are on our website. Uh, and I'm paying a lot of attention to that. So making sure that um, I am keeping those pages updated frequently. Yeah, I, I love think that. that's it's so helpful for people because a lot of times, especially as a younger, greener business owner, um, it's hard to know what you don't know and where to find that type of information. So there's a few, I, I totally agree with the client survey component. Um, at our agency, we deploy a lot of client surveys for our clients and client surveys for our clients. Um, but they get so much valuable information out of that. And just asking, like, what do you want from us? What information mm -hmm. is helpful to you? It sounds so simple. And it sounds like you're almost going to be annoying to the people that are receiving the survey, but people want to help you and they want to give you the feedback that you're looking for. And if you let people know, sometimes, you know, people are afraid to give you constructive criticism because they're nervous that it's going to upset you. And that's typically not the intent that people have with filling out those surveys. But if you just say, we are looking for all of your feedback, we are always wanting to improve. Um, we want to take this and make what we deliver to you better all the time. They're typically pretty willing to give you their real thoughts on what they think. <laughs> and, um, you can use different, just from a tactical perspective, you can use different systems for that. You could use a Google form to create mm -hmm. a survey like that. You could use type form. That's type form. That is my personal favorite uh, right now because it's visually really pleasing and really simple for someone to navigate through. Um, you can even use in constant contact. They have different surveys and polls that you can use. So depending on what service your provider you're using for the emails that you send out, you may even be able to just access something directly through there. Um, and then from the perspective of analytics, if you do not have Google Analytics installed on your website, it's very easy to get that code and you can track your website statistics for free to see what content people are spending the most time absorbing. I just wanted to throw that in there just in case we wanted to. Absolutely. Give the tactical <laughs> aspect of it. That makes complete sense to me. Well, and I'm curious, Katie, because, um, you know, you've mentioned a few times 
you're here not necessarily to put out the information that you think people want to hear, but really, you know, what people are telling you on they want to hear what they're reviewing on your site and where they are. So is it is it different now 12 months into owning Minnesota Parent than what you thought it was going to be and what information you thought you were going to be providing? Yeah, you know, I I kind of went into it thinking I was going to share a lot of just parenting topics, right? Um, potty training, uh, you know, you know, infant foods, um, you know, just, just kind of those high level, you know, topics that parents are always looking for information on. Um, but there's so many sites available for, for families to find that not only can they find it from different websites, they can find it from family, friends, um, if they are in some sort of child care programs, their teachers are obviously uh, the best resource because, you know, they spend so much time caring for children. They they know all of that um, for families to find out that information. So what I've ended up finding out is families are really looking for um, kind of places to go, things to do with their kids. And I, I think that's happening right now is because a lot was just not available in the last two years. So families are excited to get out, getting out with their kids. They're exciting, excited to give their kids experiences. And with me looking and trying to pull all that information um, from around the state to be able to share um, with my readers, the families that are looking for um, just those family-friendly activities. I'm just so excited because I'm just seeing so much available. There is, there's just so much available. It almost can be overwhelming if you don't know where to start looking. So I think, you know, a site like yours is really important for parents to be aware of and just know that, you know, you're out there collecting all of this information and data and different events so that they can go and find that. Um, What I also love hearing you just talk about too, and I know we kind of talked about this offline a little bit, but um you know, just because you go into a business with a set plan and goal, and you think this is what it's going to look like, you have really proven that it's important to be flexible. It's important that it takes time and to just kind of evolve with your business. And I think sometimes that can be really hard, especially like I'm a planner. If you, if you don't know me um, or don't know this about me, I'm very type A. I like to have everything planned out. I like to have my goals set and then work backwards to how I can get to that goal. And sometimes it can be really challenging to get have that all shook up, right? Because you have to be a little fluid and you have to be um, able to be flexible and recognize when you need to make changes in your business so that it's serving the people that you're trying to serve. And I think you do that really well, Katie. And I've always just kind of admired that about you is that, you know, you really can take that information and adapt to make sure you're providing the best type of content and service for your readers. And I think that's really important as a business owner to constantly remember at the end of the day, you know, whatever business you are, whether it's a product or a service, you are here to serve your audience, right? And so if the plan that you have in place isn't serving your audience, then maybe it's time to readjust what that plan looks like. And maybe it's time to readjust and, you know, shift what you're doing a little bit. And adaptability 
is a really big thing. Yeah. So, um, throughout my years of, you know, working with my um, previous employer, we did a lot of training. Um, and we did a lot of training in terms of like my department and like how we work together and just kind of taking an idea. They're not necessarily personality tests, but different ways of, you know, how you work and what suits you best. And my two things, I'm a futuristic thinker. I'm constantly thinking about the future and how I can like pave my path. Um, but I'm also an achiever. So I, I originally started thinking about creating a website when my son was born. So my son was born three months early um, and he spent three months in the hospital. And so he's 16 now. So when you think about that, um, trying to push information out to you know all of your friends and family that want to know um, how he's doing, I use CaringBridge. So I utilize that site to share uh, his hospital journey and his hospital stay and where he was in terms of um, getting better, um, growing. He was a grower and a feeder, and he just um, just did that when he was in the hospital. So he spent three months in the hospital, and then at his one-year birthday, I, I'm like, okay, I can't keep utilizing CaringBridge. He's no longer really needing care. Um, <laughs> I shifted and utilized, um, what is it, Blogger? Oh yeah. Blogger was super popular. (laughs) So this is again, like 15, 16 years ago. Um, my last post was like, everybody loved listening to my story. And they're like, you just tell such a good story. And I can always just visualize what you're telling us. Um, and they were just so thankful of me posting these caring bridge posts that they didn't want to stop. So I pushed it over to blog to blogger and just continued sharing my family story that way. So that was kind of my first, um, my first dive into website design development, um, really just sharing my family story. And from there, I was able to able to continue building websites, but just building them for the my employer. So um, I was able to learn the whole rebranding process through my previous job. Um, I was able to see, you know, websites get redesigned start to finish. I think I probably did like eight to 10 different websites. Oh my God. Um, that we completely rebuilt. So I was able to see that process. And that's kind of where I really started getting into the idea of like, I want a website that I can, you know, share with, with families. And, um, I kept buying domains. I still have a ton of them. Just thoughts would go through my head. (laughs) I'm like, that's a good one. I'm just going to go, go on, go daddy and just scoop that one up. Um, and then Minnesota parent became available. Um, they were always, uh, a print publication first. A lot of their content was published online, but they, they just love the print. And, you know, I love the print too. I always would grab it. I'd read it, but knowing as kind of 2020 happened, um, the publications were kind of going on every other month. And then just seeing like a lot of businesses were no longer allowing printed publications to be in their lobbies or available for people to read. Um, it just made sense for me to shift that into that digital space only. Um, and me as a marketer, I know how to market to parents in the Twin Cities. That's what I did for my job for 10 years. Um, I know how to reach them. I know what they're looking for. I know where they are. Um, so just being able to transition out of my previous role into this new role, I had spent a lot of time learning what I needed to learn to be able to know like this is the right time. I know, I know how to run this. I know how to do it. My 
family is in the right space at this point. Let's let's go. So <laughs> so that's what I did. Oh, it's so that. funny that you and I have the same history with like starting on blogger. That's how I, I actually, <laughs> it was a core, core component of my success as a freelance writer, because I started a blog in 06 on blogger mm-hmm. years and years. I mean, that probably dates me. So, oh, early. you guys, I mean, I can jump in this conversation too. When my oldest was a baby, I wasn't working because I got laid off when I was pregnant with him. And I'm like, not the, like, I couldn't be a full-time stay-at-home mom ever. Like I've learned this about myself. And so I started a blog. I think it was, I don't know if it was blogger though, but it was called busy little baby. And it was things to do in the twin cities with your baby. It was like specific to that, like zero to 12 months, because that was the stage of life that I was in at that time. Um, And this was like before blogging was even a thing. And So yeah, I look at, look at all of us. If we would have, I know, (laughs) I know mine went from a sports blog because I worked in the sports industry and, um, sports and entertainment. And then two, when I had a kid, I started a mommy blog and then like, I got syndicated. Nice. (laughs) And that's when I was like, I'm leaving my job because I got (laughs) part of what led to that. But, um, I think that's so I think that's really like relatable to your whole story of how you, you kind of self-educated. And I think you can really do that. Um, working for smaller businesses, you can really take on a lot of different hats and learn a lot of different things. And they're a lot more flexible. You know, when you work for target, I don't know this for sure because I have never worked for target, but I have friends that work for the larger corporations And it's like an 18 month track. So if you want to change jobs, you're committing to the current job for 18 months, and then you can apply to do something else. And that's great because you really learn deeply how to do that role. But Mm -hmm. in a smaller business, you can oftentimes take on a role and also take on pieces of another role at the same time to see whether it's a good fit for you, or even just to learn some new skills and um, support the business in a different way. And if you're entrepreneurial, but not sure what direction you want to go, but wanting to start learning those skills, that's a great place to be because you can really educate yourself on when you become an entrepreneur, you have to wear all the hats. So um, instead of having to learn every single role, when you dive into entrepreneurship, you can have a little bit of foundational knowledge so that it's not a total learning experience when you get started. Yeah, exactly. I I was in a really fortunate position where I was always able to kind of adjust my job to what I was interested in. Do you do you think that you talk a lot about experience when you talk about your experience but also the experience of the publication in the past and the experience of the publication moving forward? Um, do you think that that experience is really what sets you apart as you kind of lead the way forward with the publication right now? Well, I sure hope so. Because again, with that futuristic thought, you know, I, I've, I have plans for the future of the publication, so I'm not diving all in on day one, just trying to push all of these thoughts and ideas out. I am planning. So like right now I am where I am. Um, I'm planning a shift in the next couple of months. And then hopefully six months from there, I'm planning another update um, just to make make it easier for my readers to get the information. So 
I could have done all this on day one, right? But I, I know better than that. I, I know I want to, to make it easy on myself and my family to not go in head first. I want okay. to take it step by step, day by day, um, and really come up with a solid plan, uh, knowing, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to overextend myself and, you know, put, push my family aside and my family time aside. I really want to make sure that I uh, have the time available and I'm pushing it. <laughs> I keep repeating myself. No, it's okay. This is, I something- think I, I think I've got it out. I think I'm just going to go on repeat again. <laughs> well, here, <laughs> this, is, this is something that I actually really admire about you, Katie, because we had this conversation a while back, you and I, when we were talking about you being an achiever, but also owning your own business. And I think that this is something that's really relatable to a lot of people who have their own business is how, if you're, cause I'm an achiever too. And sometimes Me too. <laughs> Look at this. Sometimes it's really hard to have that achiever and achieving mindset and not overwhelm yourself as an entrepreneur to want to do all of the things. So I love that you're very intentional about Mm -hmm. the growth of your business. And it's like a slow shift because I can only, I mean, you are a one woman show and I just can only imagine you could probably have a team of 10 and they could do all of the things, but you're doing it yourself. And I think that's really admirable. And like, give us, is there something, you know, cause again, I always love to leave our listeners with something tactical, tactical and tangible that they can walk away from. What's your biggest success or secret when you are kind of going about making growth goals and wanting to achieve, but also finding that balance for your family and making sure you're not working more than, I mean, I don't even think you work a full 40 hour work week. You know, that's a good question. (laughs) Let me give it some thought here. Um, You know, I, ever since having kids, I've really tried to put family first. Um, When I went back to work, I I worked four days a week. I always had a day off that was dedicated to my kids. Um, I never kind of duck, you know, I didn't just go in and just want to work. Like I I knew I had jobs to do and I knew what I needed to get done, but never wanted to spend just all day in the thick of it. I always wanted to shut my computer down, shut email down and just spend time with my family because you know, that was, you know, that's top of mind for me. And so I don't know if I necessarily have a secret. It's more of just my mindset, knowing, um, families first, uh, shutting work down. Um, you know, being able to, to kind of pause my day, knowing that I'll pick it up tomorrow. I don't, I have, you know, things that need to happen on certain days, you know, with Minnesota parent, but in reality, there isn't any emergencies. There's nothing that has to happen on a specific day. Um, that's more in my head than anything. My readers aren't going to know if I didn't get something published the day I had planned. So that that makes it easy. 
for me to just kind of say, you know what, I'll get that done in the morning. Um, I've, I'm just, I have a pretty laid back personality. I don't get too stressed about things. I, you know, I usually think things out in my head before, you know, speaking my, you know, what my plan is, or, you know, I, I do a lot of thinking, observing, um, and planning that kind of goes on inside my head before I actually like take action. So I, I guess I'm not sure what my secret is. <laughs> I think, I think you, you touched on it though. I think it's a mindset, you know, and I think that it's constantly coming back to that thought of family comes first. In fact, actually, this would be a good transition. I love your story about, um, you know, what happened to you during the pandemic and kind of something that shifted you to really push you forward into leaving the traditional nine to five. Can you, I know, you know what story I'm talking about. Can you tell us that story? Yes. Uh, so summer of 2020, you know, 2020 is when everything kind of changed for a lot of people and just their mindsets and, you know, their ideas and thoughts of work. Uh, so summer of 2020, my mother-in-law asked if there would be any possibility of us going to Arizona for a couple of months with the kids. Uh, so she threw that out there as an idea. And so of course I don't, I've got to think about it. <laughs> I don't answer right away. I got to get all my ducks in a row, right? Is Can I make this happen? Um, Cause I still hadn't decided at that point, if my kids are going to be distance learning that, sp- that specific school year or what they were going to do. So we go home, try to figure out what this poten- potential plan could be. How could we make it work? Um, and we did, we made it work. So the end of 2020, we packed up the car for two months. And I, when I say pack, I mean packed <laughs> and headed to Arizona. <laughs> and I was able to, to work from Arizona. We kind of all set up our spaces down there. Um, we had a tiny house. Our house was 350 square feet. Yes, that is correct. 350 square feet for four people. Uh, so we were cozy. <laughs> but my son had his space that he could do his school. My daughter had her space that she could do her school. And I had my workspace. My husband decided to take two months off. <laughs> um, and he was the happiest of all. He He's like, my mental health has never been better. He is in real estate. So as real estate goes, it's been busy, busy um, in that market. So he took it off and he enjoyed every second of it, right? Um, so when we were in Arizona... Uh, we were living in a retirement community. My in-laws have a rental house um, and they just paused that rental. A lot of um, retirees weren't necessarily wanting to visit down that, at that time because they were concerned of you know traveling. So she had that those months open. So we ended up taking it um, for those two months. Um, and so we spent a lot of time with people that were retired, right? Uh, me being an observer, uh, me being an observer, uh, we just spent a lot of time in the pool and, you know, connecting with the people that we work or connecting with the people that we live by because everybody's retired, right? Nobody's going to work. Nobody's got plans. They're all just kind of enjoying life at this point. Um, but the one thing that I really noticed when we were talking to so many different people is nobody really talked about work. They, they talked about their day. They talked about their plans. They kind of talked about the weather. Um, they just 
really kind of focused on in the moment stuff. They never talked about the past. They never talked about, you know, their past careers. And I, it just kind of, I just noticed that. And like, nobody talks about work and like me being in the thick of work and my career, you know, that's a big part of my day and my, my life, but thinking, okay, I guess I'm not sure when I'm going to retire, but I'm like, there's going to come to a point where I'm never going to be talking about work again. Right. And so I think that was, that was the point where I realized, you know, I kind of want to make a change here. Um, the, the publication went up for sale right as, as we were kind of driving down to Arizona and it kept kind of coming back up into my head. Like, is this something I could do now? So I started thinking about it when I was down there. Um, and nothing really happened. I mean, the conversation started, but it took quite a few months to kind of finalize it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a journey. Uh, a lot of time had gone into, you know, thinking about it. I mean, I had thought about it for so many years, just this potential opportunity. Um, I'm super excited that it, it came about and that I was, I was able to make it work, um, make all of it work, not only, you know, buying the publication, but, you know, moving my family to Arizona for two months is, I mean, that was work too. So just being able to, to think about like everything that kind of changed during those couple of months, uh, it just kind of changed the course of our future, which wasn't my plan when I drove down there. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You think you're going to Arizona to have, you know, a change of scenery. And next thing I know, I come back with a new business. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I love that. And I love that, you know, it just kind of, again, coming back to that mindset of focusing on the present you know, focusing on what matters most, which is, you know, being in the moment, finding the simple joys, spending time with your family. I think it's so easy to be consumed in this hustle culture and focused on work. And I think a lot of people almost like define themselves through their job and their, you know, what that looks like. And there's just, there's so much more to people than their job. And there's so much more to life than work. And I think that's really important when we talk about intentional living and why, you know, Courtney and I have these conversations with people and Katie, you're just a great example of it is that, you know, you just really need to look at the bigger picture. And at the end of the day, when you're retired, how much are you really going to talk about what you did? Right. You know, and and maybe you will, because maybe you're building a legacy. Maybe that's, maybe that is what is your dream. And maybe, you know, um, you know, I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs where their work is their heart, but I think sometimes also it's like, okay, if it's not, and it's okay if you work to, make sure that you can enjoy the other parts of your life. You know, it's working to live and not living to work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It all boils down to right there. (laughs) Especially, I mean, when you have kids, I mean, in these last two years, I mean, it's 
it's parent first because you, they need you. I mean, no matter what stage your kids are in these last two years have, have taken a toll. And I mean, we've seen it in just kind of the job numbers is moms have stayed home with their kids. And if they haven't stayed home, they, they're maybe working part-time and just recognizing that, you know, their kids need them, need them now more than ever. I think that's so true. I was just talking to the principal of my kid's school about the impact that COVID has had. My kids are in elementary school. Um, And just, you know, the sheer volume of kids that have been mentally impacted by this. I don't think you realize necessarily when your kids are little, like how much they're impacted because they're still growing and they're still doing the things that they love to do. But um, it's hard for them and it's hard for them to process. And, you know, as moms, we obviously want to be there for our kids and want to be focused on helping them thrive um, through something that's really challenging and very ongoing. You know, it, Mm -hmm. it feels like every couple of months, there's a new development in this pandemic. Right. And it, you know, it impacts how our kids look at the world, whether we realize it or not. Yeah. I mean, it's just in your daily conversation and it's on the TV or the news and, you know, you might not be talking to your kids about it, but I mean, they're just hearing it in the background. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's just been tricky. Yeah. And I think you do see a lot of women have left. I mean, that was, that was actually what, what started us down this path of creating the podcast was that one in four women left the workforce in 2020 and in 2021, towards the end of 2021, they came out with a prediction that one in four women that were still in the workforce were going to be leaving in the next, leaving their jobs in the next two years. And so, you know, where are they going? We know why they're leaving. There's so many reasons, but, but we know the why, but where are they going? Because a lot of families can't survive on just one income. Um, and, and you're right. Like a lot of them are picking up freelance roles or they're doing contract work or remote working online. And I think a lot of people through that transition have realized that they don't have to be tied to work 24 seven to earn a real living. Uh, they can kind of create their roles for themselves and there's nothing wrong with that. And it's becoming so much more widely accepted. So we so appreciate that you're willing to share your story because I think it's so helpful and inspirational for people that are in that position and not sure where they should go or how they should do it, but know that they want to make a change. Yeah. And we'll make sure to drop all of Katie's information and her site and handles to Minnesota parent, because if you are a parent and you live locally here, you have to check it out, especially if you're looking for what to do this summer with your kids when they're home, there's so many great ideas. Um, you gotta, you gotta check out that calendar for sure. (laughs) Thank you so much, Katie. This has been such a pleasure having you on. Yes, I appreciate it. I am happy to talk about my story and I'm thinking about part two already. (laughs) We can't wait to follow along and have you back on to talk about part two. <laughs> Me being the futuristic big grandma, I'm like, okay, I know there's going to be a part two. Already <laughs> planning on what it's going to be. <laughs> well, we will definitely share on our channels what Katie's up to, but you can also follow along. All of her links are in the show notes and we will see you guys next time.
Thanks for joining us. We'd love to have you connect with us on Instagram and LinkedIn. Check out the show notes for our links and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And if you like today's show, we'd greatly appreciate a review. See you next week.